Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Galaxy's Quest. In the year 2019, geeks are monsters who harass women off the internet and put fascists in the White House. But in the year 1999, 20 years ago, they were lovable dogs. It was fine. You could just have a laugh with them. It's no problem at all. I could still have a laugh with this movie. I, I genuinely enjoyed this movie. Yeah, and which movie is this? This film is Galaxy Quest. Yay! Uh, hello, this is Matt. This is Luke. You have come into our sci-fi sanctuary where we are talking about... I just said it. I, I just I'd see how many times I go to do Star it. Trek Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just right off the bat, I often... Somewhat facetiously, but kind of almost correctly, uh, refer to this as the best Star Trek movie. Well, we, when we did the motion picture, we said that we don't necessarily agree with the like odd and even thing, right? Right. But people used to use this as the eleventh Star Trek film to make that work. It's um, I mean, here, it's uh, it's as legit as pretty much any Star Trek film, and. No Star Trek film can ever bring in the real life side of Star Trek. Right. Whereas this film can and does, and does it well, even if it smells a little weird these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we both saw this like in theaters on release, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's the same in the UK. Everything's closed on Christmas, right? Yeah. Except for like five restaurants in the movie theaters. <laughs> Are the movie theaters closed? Wait, wait, you saw it on Christmas Day? On Christmas Day. Oh, I would never go to any business on Christmas Day because that's a horrible thing to do. No, this is how my <laughs> Christmas Day would roll. No, we used to drive up. We'd go visit like my family and like other states. There'd be several yeah. people. But there was a period where it's my, you know, I'm an only child. So me, myself, my two, my, my two parents, not my three parents. Hey, I guess you can have three parents these days. Anyway. <laughs> so. Yep, okay. <laughs> Get over there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we'd open presents in the morning and my mom would like get some Christmas food stuff and my dad and I would bugger off and spend our Christmas money at Tower Records which was open on Christmas Day huh. then we get like Vietnamese food or something because the Vietnamese restaurant was open okay and uh yeah usually at night you know we'd have dinner and kind of stumble on out to a movie oh and in 1999 this was that movie and this is my this is the only movie I specific... I did it for several movies, but this is the movie I specifically remember going out on opening night, which was Christmas Day, and oh. watching. Wow. Yeah, and I think... That's weird, because I feel like I saw it before Christmas, so maybe the UK got it first. Could have been. Maybe, maybe I saw it a week sometimes. late, I don't know. I, I really think I saw it on release, but... Uh, Christmas Day feels like a weird release. It's a release date in America. Huh. If Christmas is on, like, a Monday, mm. there's, like, a few films that are released on Friday, like yeah. normal... And then a few films that are released on Christmas Day. 
Huh. And I believe this was a Christmas Day one. Oh, bizarre. Yeah. But I saw it, I think it was like a friend's birthday, so a bunch of us went and saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Probably when I first watched it, I was already a bit of a Trek fan, but I didn't know like behind the scenes Shatner stuff, right? Because I was nine years old. Yeah, I, I, had, I had read Trek movie memories. I'd read Star Trek memories. I'd, I'd seen all Trek. I, I, I knew where this was coming from. Right, whereas I was just enjoying it on a very base level of but you can enjoy it on that level yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. fine. It's, Since it's, then, I've... It's a, like, it's a when, I, when I said I wanted to do this movie, you're like, I don't know, it's a comedy. I was like, no, it's a good sci-fi movie. Yeah. Like, it, of course, it is a comedy, too, but uh, there are certain parodies that transcend and become part of that genre. Um, Blazing Saddles mm-hmm. is a Western. Right. It's a parody of a Western, but it is a Western. Uh, Black Dynamite, it is exploitation. It also, you know, it's a comedy, but it, it, it is a genre. You want to throw any more in that mix? I try to think of one. I can't. Young Frankenstein. Oh, I think a lot of horror movies have done it actually. Because even like Scream. Yeah. Okay. It's like a parody, yeah, the, but now the, it's just a yeah. one, another horror franchise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Just sticking with the Brooks there. He did it twice. Good for him. Uh, Spaceballs. He did not do it. <laughs> no, that's just a parody. Yeah. 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 But uh, he definitely could do it in. This. He tried it with high anxiety too, but it didn't quite take. Where he's trying to do Hitchcock, but uh, yeah. I feel like there's a fantasy one, but I can't put my finger on what it is. Fantasy parody. Yeah. Kind of works. Is that Harry Potter? No. No, I'm just trying to piss people off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but Harry Potter does do the thing where it like deals in old tropes. That's but not as a comedy thing, it's just like a more like a Joseph a Campbell thing. Them yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually like those quite well. So if you send me your hate mail, I'll probably agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I, I guess. I, I'm not even sure because I've only seen one episode, but is the Oroville the modern equivalent of this? That's what we've heard, right? But neither of us have probably well, I, seen it. I watched the one episode. I watched one okay. episode, and I liked it. I actually did enjoy it. It didn't like grab me in w- to a way where I just keep watching Oroville. I watched the one where um, they land on a planet where people are... It's like their social media credit score like defines their life, and the engineer, like... What does he do? He, like, dances around a statue and ends up being sent to, like, uh, re-education or something. It was It was good. I it mean, that good. also is like real life China, right? Yeah, yeah. And su- su- coming soon, real life America in UK. <laughs> yeah. And, um, no, I guess uh, Orville maybe is more like the new Red Dwarf. Yeah, because it doesn't have that. It doesn't get. It doesn't the have the trekky side. It doesn't have the convention side that this. No, no, no. It's in. just. Now, one the actual thing, space trope. One thing I haven't done is been to conventions. Uh, so. Um, you've been to a convention. Can you give us just yeah. a few words on that? Uh, so I've been to like one or two comic con type ones, which I'm actually not a big fan of. I don't like anything where they try to create, like, if you're a geek, you're into everything, right? Mm. Like, that's why I hate those Funko Pop figures. It's like, oh, here's this one character you like, so you must like all these other characters because you're a geek and you just like all the same shit the other geeks like. Star Wars figures do that too. Yeah. No, but like... <laughs> Okay, I like Star Wars. Doesn't necessarily mean I also like... Lobot. Yeah, what? I, I, you know what the three Star Wars figures I still own are? <laughs> Lobot. Wedge Antilles, Lobot, and Nyan Nun. I do like <laughs> Lobot, favorites. and that was long before Solo. I like Lobot in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I know his name. Yeah. <laughs> of course, after Solo, I guess more people do know his name, but yeah. you but haven't the, seen that. But uh, One there. of these, I did go and meet, um, have my photo taken with Shatner. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was we just you like queue up for like two hours. You get four seconds while you pose, take a sh- photo, and move on. And then Shatter he saw a pretty a lady, right? But no, that's it. He didn't say anything to the dudes. 
but he chatted up every single chick. He's like, oh, nice uniform, very short skirt, I like it, <laughs> given them all this. But he shot his photo with you, right? Yeah, so yeah. he, yeah, but he, I wouldn't want anything else no. from meeting Shanna, right? No, that's a great story. <laughs> um, I was just, do you know Henry Rollins? Yeah, I know the name, I don't know if Punk I'm Punk rock like, singer, he yeah. just loves spoken word. I, I was listening to his podcast a few years ago, and he was talking about how he weirdly became friends with Shatner, where he just has these totally bizarre social functions. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know, the imagine. sky box at the, at the basketball game or whatever. And it's like, man, how fun would that be? <laughs> Sounds <laughs> pretty great. Wild, manic, elderly man, you know? But um, what I enjoy a lot more are very specific conventions. Yeah. So I went to the Transformers one a few times, and that is great. Because oh, yeah. it's a bunch of people who you know are all into the thing you're into. Yeah. Um, so this is more like that, right? Because it's a Galaxy Quest convention. Right. And like I've got a lot of friends who I met through like old Nintendo magazines because we'd all, we know we have a thing in common, so we meet up and hang out. No, if I did go to a convention, uh, we live in deep in the mountains of Japan. I'm probably not going to any conventions. But yeah, I would, there's a Las Vegas Star Trek one. Yeah, you go I, to, I want to go the Trek convention or the... I wouldn't want to go to something about you. Yeah, San Diego Comic Con. I want you know no. they're gonna they're gonna premiere a few trailers. I can catch those on YouTube, right? Be easier than you can see them at the Comic Con. Exactly. So if you know you want to hang with your own strain of geek. Yeah. A bit. Well, yeah. It's it's whether what do you go to conventions for? Do you go to like take lots of pictures of yourself in your cosplay and to buy lots of merch, or just to meet like-minded people? Yeah, I just went to a real lame convention, probably in the late '80s, which was just comic books. I went there just to find back issues, but that's right. the late '80s. So I guess that's how it rolled then. Yeah. But yeah, these days it's more like you'd go on the, online to do that, right? Yeah, because yeah. The convention used to be, like we said with the holiday special, you go to the conventions, it's the only place you can find shit right. like that. But now you don't want to find people into the same niche that you're into. Right, so it's just an excuse to Which you make can some do friends th- and drink with them. Yeah, you can do that online, but you can't drink with them so well right. online. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of the times I don't go to like big conventions, but I go to meetups with the people I've made friends with online. Yeah, well, this is our convention. We sit down and talk about this shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So, join our convention. Um, join I'll, us. Join us. Uh, I will tell you about this movie called Galaxy Quest. Then. Do it. Galaxy Quest, the prime cheese of cheesy television science fiction. The show has been off the air for years, but the cast still makes a living doing conventions. Former star Jason Nesmith is a little more into it than his former co-stars, but even his spirit sinks when he hears haters throwing their shade by the urinals. Thinking he is rolling downtrodden into yet another fan film, Nesmith finds himself at the helm of a functional starship protector. Yes, the one from the show, constructed by the somewhat naive Thermidian aliens. Nesmith half-heartedly whisks off the Thermidian's tormentor, the reptilian alien Ceres, 
but does not realize what he's done until he's blasted back to Earth in a droplet of interstellar goo. After scooping up the rest of the crew and a red shirt guy from a big box store opening ceremony, the crew of the Protector slowly finds themselves falling into their roles from the Galaxy Quest television show. After a second encounter with Ceres, the Protector is crippled and the Thermidians find themselves the victims of a genocide. Seeking to repair the beryllium sphere which powers the Protector, the ship limps to a planet populated by deadly cute green aliens. The captain loses his shirt, but the ship gets its sphere. In a final confrontation with Ceres, the Protector tricks the reptilian tactician by dragging mines directly to his flagship, blowing it up. But the Protector finds itself on a collision course with Earth. Galaxy quests back on the Earth's surface come to the rescue via the Internet and the Protector crash lands into a Galaxy Quest convention where they get enough applause to spark a brand new Galaxy Quest series. I know I didn't get balls deep into this meta-confusing plot, but let's not forget that the crew includes Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, and that red shirt making his pop culture debut, Sam Rockwell. Falling apart at any moment, just doing my Keith Moon impression. Could dial 322 for a skunk and bones to live through interesting times again. Visions of Gaza flourishing in green, faces of kings and mountains I'd see. make any sense this is a weird movie to describe when you get right down to it it is a pretty well yeah it's one of those it's just a stuff happens plot right like when i did transformers well there's no 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 I mean, like, there is a plot on top of it but yeah pretty meta and weird it's like and, there's two levels of plot like right. you know he's the actor playing the character yet he also kind of becomes the character so we have to acknowledge that as well yep um i i really like tim allen in this film yeah i, I see i'm not that familiar with his other work okay right? i really like tim allen in toy story Yes. I hate Tim Allen everywhere else. His stand-up <laughs> sucks. I didn't like Home Improvement. The Santa Claus, I hate that movie. Uh, I think I enjoyed Santa Claus a bit as a kid, but I, I doubt was, I'd enjoy yeah, it I was now. I right. like 15 when it came out. Anyway. Yeah, I like Home Improvement stuff. That wasn't a big factor in the UK. In the yeah, I imagine. Trade, but so. The point is, I actually I don't really like Tim Allen, but I love him in this movie, and I love him in Toy Story. So. Also, didn't he like do loads of cocaine and some bad shit and stuff? I'd probably like that more in his acting. <laughs> uh, not this movie non-accepting. Yeah. <laughs> Withstanding. No, yeah, he's great in this. Yeah. But, you know, he is kind of playing a big douche, so... Yeah, yeah, so it kind of plays in, but he does it so well. I mean, they wouldn't have done any better by casting Shatner in this one, right? <laughs> well, he's... Yeah, he is perfect. Well, also... <laughs> well, everyone's still kind perfect. of in shape in a way that Shatner wasn't okay, at this true. point. <laughs> that, that could have worked in this movie, though. Yeah. But, uh, everyone... That's the thing in this movie. Everyone is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfectly cast. <laughs> you know, Sigourney Weaver. And they're all Weaver, just like doing it and having fun with it. She's just she just says what the computer's saying. But <laughs> yeah. she was. This is my job. I'm doing it. She's great. You know. She's so, and when it won't answer anyone but her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why I find her most attractive in this movie. Huh. More than Alien or Ghostbusters or anything. 
Is it just is it just the the onesie thing that she wears? Maybe I don't know. I was dating a blonde when this movie came out, but yeah. still, even now I'm like, yeah, that, 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 I don't know. I just, I, yeah, and she like she was already repeats what your computer says. I know she was already you know like what a little older when she did this, so good for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan Rickman, uh, he's well, the, he's perfect in everything, right? So no, I made a note. Uh, I didn't give you my notes yet. Uh, I made a note that um. He's the only one when they show you the original Galaxy Quest footage. Right. He's the only one that's not acting badly because Alan Rickman can't act badly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one of my, my favorite Alan Rickman moments ever is him almost acting badly. It's in Die Hard when he puts on that American accent. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. But it's still great. It's like, oh God, you're one of them. <laughs> yeah, Alan Rickman is fantastic. always perfect. That's rather uh, fantastic, shitty acting, except for Rickman, who. But that's can't, also his character, right? Is like he's the one who's a real actor, and that's why he's annoyed that he's stuck doing this shit. Right, right. <laughs> um, now, I, I'm not saying it's his first role. I'm sure he did stuff before this, but I do know this is definitely the first place I uh, took note of Sam Rockwell. Right, he has gone on to do a bunch of stuff a since. A lot of right? good stuff. He did Moon, uh, directed oh, by David yeah. Bowie's son. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which George Clooney made. He's great in that. He's in lots of other stuff, too. But uh, I, I really like him. And I, when I saw this movie, you know, on opening night in 1999, Christmas Day, I came out and went, man, that guy was good. I like him. But, of course, he had to be an unknown, right, for this film to work. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's just, I guess it's a little jarring now, because now when you watch it, that's Sam Rockwell, you know? Yeah, but he's still not, like... A A list famous is he? He does he's, like he's not A list. He but does art, slightly more artsy, sidey films. I feel like he might be a little better known in America, but you're right. He's not. He's not a blockbuster. Right. Leading he's man. not Alan Wickman. Alan Wickman. Alan Rickman or <laughs> Alan Wickman stars stage and screen. <laughs> he basically he's not the rest of the cast. Yeah. Um, maybe a year or two after this came out, um, we watched the entire film in Thermidian. Oh, you told me about this, right? Yeah. Wait, yeah. No, that's Mars Attacks. What's Formidian sound like? Diet Coke. It had a screechy noise with the shit. Excellent. Oh, yeah, the Thermidians. I, sorry, I didn't get the actors' names, but yeah, the Thermidians are quite fantastic. They're fantastic, yeah. Because they're what? Tentacly. Tentacly squid things. Just in human suits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have saved our planet. Yeah, yeah, I wrote in my notes. You are last hope. <laughs> I love the Thermidians. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Yeah, it's perfectly cast. Even like. The bad guy, right? Who's pretty generic. I'm wearing lots of makeup and I talk like a Klingon and I do mean things. He just does it with so much scenery chewing cheese that yeah. it works. And he doesn't need to be nuanced, right? He's just there to be evil and they right, kill him right. I mean, and again, he's behind so much makeup. D does that have CG? I don't even know. And probably a little bit. I think this, I don't think he had any CG, just like the spaceships and stuff. Yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I can't tell you who was Oh, and fine, those little green aliens, those are fucking CG. <laughs> <laughs> they, look like the, they look like the music video to Eiffel 65's Blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I... Oh, uh, besides the green aliens, we have the rock creatures too. Yeah, but the rock creature kind of works more because rock's easy to do, right? But do you know where the rock creatures were supposed to be? Where? They were supposed to be in the climax for uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. It wasn't, just, ah. it wasn't supposed to be just the disembodied, like, um, godhead chasing him around. There was actually supposed to be, like, multiple... I think there's one in the end, but there was supposed to be, like, multiple rock creatures. So huh. 
I felt they were kind of. Re- I, I might be off, but I kind of felt like they were referencing that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing: the people making this definitely knew a lot about Star Trek, but yeah. they have a very weird understanding of what Star Trek fans are. Because the fans in this all think Galaxy Crest was real. (laughs) (laughs) What, it wasn't? (laughs) But, like, I know that's like the joke is that the Midians think that, right? Yeah, yeah. But then whenever they meet the geeks at the conventions, they are all like, they don't seem to get that it's fake. Which I know is a bit of a thing with fans, but not to this extent. (laughs) Like, at the end, when he phones him up and he's like, no, it is real, I need your help. He's like, I knew it, I knew it. Yeah, but if, if, if Cap- I would love it if, if Star Trek was real. I don't think it is. If you got a call from Shatner demanding help from you because it's real, you'd, you'd, you'd dig that call. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> but I'd also be surprised. You'd be very surprised. I guess you, I guess you wouldn't scream, I knew it. Yeah. Okay, I got you there. We got that. Oh, um, so I, I just, I just want to talk about... Um, I, now I just want to call him Tim Allen, but... Uh, da, da, that's a name. Nesbitt? Nesbitt. Yeah, I said several times in the freaking... Uh, well, you've got three names because you've got Tim Allen, then the fake actor's name, and then the fake character's name. Okay, anyway, he has a swank house. It's been in multiple movies. Yeah. What other movies? That's, 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 it reminded me of Iron Man's house. I don't know if it is. It, it reminded me, but I think it's different. Yeah. But yeah, just nice house with a big glass front. And it has been in several movies. I definitely recognize it. I don't it. think, yeah, anyway. But uh, yeah, that shot of him. Uh, being beamed back down for the, or dude back down for the video. He's just quaking in his boots. That's, that's great. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a gag which I always like in films. Something dumb and special effectsy happens, and then the guy is just left shocked for like an extended shot. And then, they do a couple of really good ones of that in the Transformers films, where he's like in a car and it does some stupid transformy flip. And then you just get a shot of Shia LaBeouf in the car screaming for like yeah. six seconds. And then Guy does it better later, right? Yeah. And, and the best thing is we keep saying, oh, what was his name, what was his name? But the whole point of Guy is, what's my last name? What's yeah. my last name? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows my last name. Can you pronounce my last name? Come Giza? No. Okay. Comagist, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, actually in Japan they can say it. it's all Japanese sounds, but uh <laughs> Oh yeah, because it's shit spelled phonetically, right? Samajizu. So it it's my name they can't say. Ruku. Ruku. Oh, I was going about Samahezu. Samahezu, yeah. Samahezu. Okay. <laughs> I just get Ruku Sama, which sounds very polite, but <laughs> just failing to read my name. Yeah. Hey, a few things this film might do better in Star Trek. Um when the protector is damaged, that little sputter it has. Yeah. We never get to see starship, Starfleet ships like that through the, but they should be. I mean, if Scotty isn't keeping that engine going, that's what it's going to do, yeah? Yep. That's what a boat does, right? <laughs> You're in a, I think we've seen it, like, just stop, but yeah, we never see it sputter. Yeah, yeah, the sputter's fun. <laughs> and it's a nice ship. I, it's a cool... D- so the two things which are, like... I, want to, I would be perfectly happy if they just made a straight-laced Galaxy Quest. Ship and the music are perfect. Music's perfect? That Galaxy Quest theme is great. It's a nice bridge. It's a better bridge than Voyager had. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a better ship than Voyager. <laughs> Voyager's just like a, a tadpole to the Enterprise's frock. Oh, and... <laughs> And while we're, we're digging on the little little dumb things, Omega-13, is that like Ice-9? Hey, well, right. 
how did they build it when no one knew what it was? <laughs> well, here, uh, okay, maybe that's where the problem is with this being a comedy. Right. It really doesn't matter. That's just hysterical. Right. I know, thing but that is that. really funny. <laughs> but um, I, I know Kurt Vonnegut, and I think it's the Sirens of Titan, which I think I mentioned before, but uh, they have Ice Nine, sort of the mysterious uh, force. I felt like they're. The only Vonnegut I've read is. Um, Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah, Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah, yeah, that's the first, that's the one never. Yeah, the one everyone reads first. It's right? the best I one really like it, I don't want to read some more. Okay. What a, it's a very weird writing style, I like it. It's just stream of consciousness. We got into quite a bit of the characters, but um, um, even missing his name. Fred, Fred, Tony Shalhoub, Monk. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Fred. He's, yeah. he's so stoned in this movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, the character's supposed to be, right? I mean, right. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the actor, too, and it, good for him if it was, but I, I think that was supposed to. I just love yeah. that. When they all get, when they're all freaking out about getting gooed up to space and he just doesn't care. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, because Scotty, Scotty was always drinking scotch, so why shouldn't. Uh, Fred be a bit of a stoner. <laughs> hey, so they say that we need the thing to make the spaceship go. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I love that scene. I still want him to be in the... Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's basically all the scenes in Star Trek are, right? It's just... Oh, hey, we need the MacGuffin to make the plot happen. So take care of that. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. I like him. And we, talk, we touched on Sigourney Weaver a little bit. But I think we'd all like to touch Sigourney Weaver a bit more. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, she's she's. It's too much truth here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the, her job, the female character's job, is just to repeat the computer. So okay. I kind of was disappointed that it. She kind of got together with the commander at the end. Yeah. That felt very cheap and unearned. Yeah, we didn't need that at all. It's just what Hollywood movies have, right? Yeah. Someone Especially has to get together. in 1999, I guess. Yeah. But like, he didn't feel like he'd really earned that because he was still mostly a douche. He just didn't let these people get massacred. Exactly. Just, you know, they like... didn't die. <laughs> they did crash land. How many people did they kill crash? I mean, there were people backstage, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the news is going to be like 30 people died at Galaxy Quest convention. Oh, 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 but uh, her and the captain, their other big scene together is the chompers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love the Chompers. Why are they here? Because they were in this episode, so they're here. <laughs> you know, no detail left. Uh... Yep. That was fun. Like, that's one of the, a lot of the things this film does. It's like, you feel, yeah, that is what these shows were like. I don't think they ever actually were, though. They like, weren't quite they that never ridiculous. They quite Chompers, but... right? It's maybe like one fan. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, okay. Uh, Star Trek Five again, and I'm using that as an example. People don't like that, uh, but that whole thing up the turbo shaft. Oh, kind, kind of, kind of yeah. a similar thing. I feel yeah. like Spock in his boots. <laughs> you know, why? We why? have a story in Russia. If the boot fits, <laughs> <laughs> I like Star Trek Five. <laughs> that's that's six, isn't it? Is that six? That's six. Uh, you I referenced the, the good boot, I one. I thought the whole boots thing was five. Nah, because they're looking for the, the people that yeah, last yeah, yeah, day But that's other, well, it's almost what we were talking about, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what else? Oh, the historical documents. We already mentioned the Thermidians getting wrong and the fans getting wrong, but 
you, you said, oh, we're not that stupid, but how many things do we see that are given to us as historical documents are absolute bullshit? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so easy to put based on a true story at the start of something. I mean, we're talking like actual documentaries, though. How, yeah. yeah. I mean, you weren't there, you don't know, you know? Well, yeah, um, so the famous one, which I do know quite a lot about, have you ever seen The King of Kong? No. It's a documentary about people chasing the Donkey Kong high school. Okay. But oh. they really, really, really paint one guy as a good guy and one guy as a bad guy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure Billy Mitchell is a bit of a douche, right? But he's painted as just a straight-up evil villain in this film. And then Steve Weeby's just this lovely family yeah. man who's... I'm just trying to kick that up a few notches. When you turn on CNN and it tells you, like, Iran is this horrible, evil villain, you know? Right. And these are the historical documents. You must trust them. Well, like, um, when I visited Hiroshima, right? And I just remember feeling so angry at the version of history I was taught as a kid that we were the good guys <laughs> and the other side were the bad guys. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Like, in Britain, we're always taught about how, like, when the, the Blitz was happening, yeah, but it could never defeat us because of the British bulldog spirit. But that didn't stop the Allies trying the exact same shit on Germany and Japan. <laughs> like, the pure arrogance of saying, yeah, bombing our civilians will never work. But bombing their civilians is sure to end the war. Some, something else notable is um, Tokyo itself sustained way in Dresden, Germany. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Sustained Conventional bombings did way more damage than the atom bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, the whole point with Hiroshima and Nagasaki is those cities had not been bombed. They, so. were, they deliberately left five cities unbombed. Yeah. It's actually why Kyoto is, uh, has so much historical buildings because it was on the short lifts for the atom bombs. Do you know why it doesn't have so many, though? I mean, it does have some, but a lot of them are gone. If you go to central Kyoto, it's new, right? Right, but that, the, yeah, because there were wooden buildings, and that's how you do it in Japan. Yeah, no, no, they, in, they intentionally got them down because they thought if Kyoto gets bombed, they're going to lie on fire, so it's just good room now. Ah, they got rid of them not knowing buildings. that the Allies actually were not right. planning to. And I, I, I'd like to think that they wouldn't have wanted uh, they, to bomb that. But they yeah. actually got close, and one of the top guys was like we really don't want to bump Kyoto there's so much history there yeah really he'd, he'd like spent time there <laughs> so he talked them out of it and they bombed Nagasaki instead right but you know Shouldn't none of these cities either. had it didn't actually affect the war they were showing off to Russia but, yeah there were no military targets there but like to speak um, of. the whole like oh it ended the war shit no Russia getting involved ended the war <laughs> like, yeah, really. But, uh, because, yeah, the atom bomb was no different than the firebombings Japan had been sustaining for years. Yeah, it's just instead of two weeks, it takes a, a few minutes, I guess. Right. But in those days when, like, communication wasn't, like, instant, that wasn't a big difference. Right. <laughs> and they had already shown that they were willing to sacrifice every single civilian in Japan to save the, the war effort. So. so. Um, going from the very deep topics back in the Galaxy Quest, um, when they are plummeting towards the Earth in the end, are they doing the same thing and running a gambit at the expense of the Earth? Kinda. <laughs> like, the, the right thing to do would have been like, you know, steer and hit the moon, right? Yeah. They could have destroyed all life on the planet for all they fucking knew. Exactly, because they didn't know it was dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he even hits the Omega 13, like, what if it did destroy the universe? <laughs> See, I feel like if this film was made today, like, by certain directors, that would be the joke ending, right? He gets the Omega 13 and it just destroys all life. That's Deadpool 3. Yeah. <laughs> there is no Deadpool 4, because we had, it's a reboot. They'd have, like, a reboot, like, with Ryan Reynolds again. <laughs> no, yeah, that would be the gag. You hit the button, and then it's just, like, the Marvel logo comes up, and you have the same film with a different cast. <laughs> 
No, no, no. I want the film to end there, and then two years later, you get a reboot, but with Ryan Reynolds again, <laughs> playing the same role. See, that's, he's the one character I think they can just fold into Marvel. Because mm. it makes sense with Deadpool, right? It doesn't matter, if, it doesn't matter if it's canon. So. It doesn't matter if it's canon, matter if it's not canon. Yeah, you know? exactly, because he's Deadpool. <laughs> he'll just turn up, he'll make one joke about it, and that's it. <laughs> Fan films. Uh, Nesmith. Is it Nesmith or Nebbit? I'm, I'm, I'm saying his name I wrong. think it's Nesmith. Okay, Nesmith. Because I'm thinking Michael Nesmith and the Monkeys, right? Okay. Hey, hey, a monkey. He had a country career too, actually. Interestingly, the original um, idol group, the Prefab Four. Yeah. But here, uh, you want to talk about the monkeys for a bit? Yeah, you put it on more than me, but yeah, I find t- them interesting. We, we talked about monkeys in last episode, right? But should we just cut this out and put it in the King comments? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in the Galaxy Quest episode. We're talking about now. Yeah, they were put together for a TV show, right? Okay. Two of them actually like were musicians, so they kind of. Copton, sort of like Alan Rickman here, right? Right. Like Michael Nesmith was a, like a country musician. Peter Tosh was an actual, uh, uh, maybe wasn't actually a bass player, but I mean, and then Davy Jones and Mickey Dolenz were, were actors, right? Right. So it's like kind of a weird mesh sort of like we get here. Alan Rickman's a real actman. Ackman. Alan actor. Rickman's a real actor. <laughs> you know, Tim Allen's the douche and everyone else is trying to get their paycheck and guys trying to get like, you know, trying to get, just weed remember for the week. Exists. Yeah. yeah. No, no. His paycheck was just to get that that week's weed, right? Yeah. <laughs> weed and like the latest Dreamcast game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like you know, in a way, like any movie is like the prefabricated monkeys, right? You don't have movies where like this. I, 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 there's probably a few, but you don't have like a cast that grew up together and now they're doing their thing, right? I Maybe mean, that's Monty like Python, I don't know. The uh, I think like the the Seth Rogen crowd. Those guys, I think that's their shtick. Yeah. Because they, they also like they go in with like barely a script, right? And just ad-lib these comedies. But right. yeah, for the most part, it's all very... Well, point well and then you have directors like Christopher Nolan who build up a crew. Yeah. They keep bringing back. But, but in general, TV and movies are all prefab. You know, yeah. we're like, oh, the monkeys are prefab. They're stupid, right? So is Galactica. So is Star Trek, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, so is most things. I mean, Marvel, too. I mean, they've been right. working for... I, maybe they get along now or maybe they hate each other. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you don't... We won't call it prefab, but that's what you like half the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird that it's, it, that's, like, unacceptable with music, but everything else, we just take it as that's how you do it. Yeah, because what, what if you did, it's like, fine, get a group of people, ready to dig each other and, you know, know each other. Could be a disaster, because then you're missing the talent. <laughs> oh, man, it's not about book learning and talent. It's about the passion, man. It's the passion the vibes, for the music. man. Yeah. Vibes. I'm just vibing, man. Everything's Welcome to Luca Matt's Sci-Fi Vibes. We're just vibrating into <laughs> your... Wait, I'm going to stop there. Just throwing out all those things like uh, actors, characters, plot, philosophy. Does this have the design and aesthetic of a real sci-fi or the design and aesthetic of a comedy? Or is it somewhere in between? I think it looks like a sci-fi with, yeah. with, with 2000 era CG. Yeah, they, if you took like Andromeda, you know, like 
This looks better a see, than a sci-fi show. Yeah, exactly. And that's a Gene Roddenberry concept, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. This is at least as good as those, if not better. It's better than that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously the effects are better because it's a Hollywood budget, right? But like the uniforms and stuff. I mean, they're kind of generic, but no more like um, the Discovery uniforms. I like those. Pre- yeah, but they're pretty forgettable, right? They're not iconic. I think they might end up being iconic. I like this. They're okay. They're not iconic. Yeah, they're now. not. They're, they're, I don't think they'll ever be original series or next gen iconic. Could they okay. just look like a bit uniformy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, okay. Here's one you compare it to: Enterprise. Okay, these are, are at least as good as the Enterprise uniforms. They're better than the Enterprise uniforms. See, I feel like Discovery uniforms like a, a, a kind of step up from the Enterprise ones. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. That's why I changed my tune because Discovery yeah. actually is a pretty cool. Yeah, uniform. Enterprise. Th- those are like. I mean, those are maintenance uniforms, right? Yeah, just jumps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dislike them, but yeah, they, they don't really scream out at you. Yeah, whereas, and yeah, the Galaxy Quest ones are at least as good oh, as those. Oh, those look good, yeah. Yeah, and then the ship, as we've said, is a dope ship. I like that spaceship. Yeah, all those designs. And the baddie spaceship, too. Yeah. With the big, like, open cannon front thing. The beryllium steer, that looks cool. Yeah, that was cool. The yeah. minefield was nice and like dragging them. The, the goo through space, that was great. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, that. you could take out the comedy and make this a real sci-fi film. Yeah, and definitely. It, well, it is a real sci-fi film, that's my point. But Yeah. Well, it's also like, this was around the end of when you could do parody films. Because now the parody is just rolled into it. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do a Star Wars parody because they just put those jokes in Force Awakens, right? Okay. They have jokes about the Force and stuff. Mm. You don't need to do a parody of Star Trek because the 2009 Star Trek film had like red shirt jokes and stuff. Yeah. So the gray area, I guess, was, were the uh, scary movie movies. I yeah. maybe saw the first one. I don't remember anything about right, it. I definitely that, didn't watch it up to what, six or however far. Oh, yeah. Was. Yeah. Like scary movie one was OK. But even around then, like Scream was coming out around the same time. Right. I think and it doing it while bit, also yeah. being a good horror film. Yeah. That's what I mean. Scar- like scary movie, superhero movie, all those fucking shit. Did Freddy pioneer this? Nightmare on Elm Street's a parody of itself. Right. Except yeah, yeah. for the first one, which is a great horror movie. Every mm-hmm. other one, second one's like about homoeroticism, and then it just gets in a weird surrealist well, crap. Even and Schwarzenegger, right? Terminator yeah. 1, he, it's very serious. He puts the sunglasses on because he has to wear them. Terminator 2, he puts them on because he looks cool. 3, because he has to. Because <laughs> yeah. it's parody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, Terminator 3. They just did the parody in the Terminator film. Mm. Right? And that was just after this. So, so yeah, around the 2000s, we stopped doing distinct parodies and just the serious films started having a bit more of a sense of humor within them. Okay. I'm going to ask you about two kinds of films then. One is hypothetical, one is real. No. First one is Galaxy Quest 2. That is hypothetical. Okay. What about it? Let, let's, just, right, if let's, say, do... let's say it was 2005, right? They're, they're okay, not, no, not like now. Right. Um, if, what would they have done with it? That's my point. It would have just been, been with... the same again, right? I don't know. You can you can find a way to twist the narrative. Mm. I guess it would be like the Thermidians have now become like fucking monsters, and now they have to actually defeat them. <laughs> oh, they have to they defeat sh- the protector, and they, they, they have to build their own. <laughs> they shouldn't have gone and pretended to be heroes because they've actually just fucked up the galaxy. <laughs> and now these race of idiots who think they're like superheroes have the best ship in the. That would yeah. actually be a fun film. It might have been. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. The other one is. Um, so, and this, this makes it clear that if you're doing a fan production, it's bullshit, right? Right. He's doing it because that's the only thing to do. He doesn't have real jobs these days. Yeah. Um, tying back into Star Trek, since Galaxy Quest, there have been some very good Star Trek fan films. Arguably better than the 
legit films, Yeah, right? Star Trek Continues, I like better than most actual original yeah, series we episodes. We don't talk about that one anymore. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to talk about that one. This is good. <laughs> it was good. I don't care about the people. It's, it, it, I, well, my, whatever. It's a good show. You yeah. watch it, it's good, right? Oh, you know, both of us paid for it, so. There was, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was uh, Phase 2 New Voyages. Uh, not quite as good, but they often hit the mark pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, their main problem was the guy that was running the show, which was their Kirk, was also an Elvis impersonator, so you had, like, Kirk with Elvis sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> not just Kirk sideburns, but Elvis sideburns. And, yeah, it, it, it didn't suck, but obviously right. that wasn't, you know, he was he was supposed to be like the director, I think, but he had to play Kirk until they found someone else. Uh, okay. The, the point being, I'm, we got these fan things, maybe there are weird scandals about uh, the, the guy running the show hitting on too many ladies, um, you know, but they did make actual good fan versions of the thing they liked, where right. Galaxy Quest makes it seem like that's not going to happen. But then, like... That's another case of, that is just what the real films are now, right? With giant because, like, budgets. Yeah, but because <laughs> these things have been going on long enough that the fans have like inherited the earth. So. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely... So but th- even now, like a big name actor dropping into these fan stuff mm. does still seem like a step down, right? Yeah. Like that's not, like you only do that if your career is on the way. I don't know, it's kind of an homage sometimes though, right? I mean, you know, uh, I remember... Like, maybe like a cameo role. Yeah, I remember some of the Buck Rogers actors actually showed them some of the Trek fan films, I think. But, you know, I mean, they hadn't been in the public eye for 20 or more years, right, so it's kind of cool they showed up there, right? Like, Shatner uh, wouldn't, right? No, no, Shatner... Takei did, and Takei's pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know he had. Uh, Koenig did. Walter Koenig showed oh. up in some fan films. I mean, you know, nice. he, he can make his... Takei and Koenig can make their money at conventions, no problem, right? Yeah. But they did the fan films. Um, uh, much respect Mikhail for that. Nichols did it. Uh, some of the, you know, Voyager crew. Again, though, okay, there we go. Uh, who played Paris? The guy who played Paris on Voyager. He's done a few. Yeah, So maybe for him like, it's right? stepped down. Yeah, but what so, else because he got? So if Sulu on. does it, it's cool. If Paris does it, it's desperate. Is that what right, you're saying? Right, yeah. It's <laughs> if they do it and it feels like they're doing it because they want to do it for these fans... It's cool if they do it, and it seems like they're doing it because that's the only acting gigs they've got. It feels a bit sad. Well, the first New Voyages one, I remember, uh, it, it wasn't so well made. They made better ones later, but they had gotten they had gotten the guy from uh, the original series, uh, Doomsday Machine. Huh. Uh, Matt Matt Decker, the other Decker, right? Oh, right. They got the actor to come back, right? Huh. So that guy was doing it because, I mean, probably just for fun, to be honest, right? He was yeah. pretty old. Uh, but that that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he was never a name actor or anything. So. And continues, they get the guy who was the Ares, right? Or yeah, he comes back and finishes that, and it's and they write a good story about that. That yeah. that is obviously the biggest plus there. Write a good story about it, right? Well, I think Star Trek is a special case because, like, was it like half of Next Gen fan scripts? Well, they had a open submission project, yeah. a, a, a policy, and. Um, I don't th- they would definitely rewrite them several times. Of course, um, right. But that's they, true of even from like professional script. Writer, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I heard uh, the guy that wrote True Q. Yeah. Was, it was a fan uh, submitted script, and you know, like he submitted the script. And, oh, we accepted. They paid him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the episode came on like six months later. It's like, wow, ninety percent. This is different. <laughs> yeah, but you know, his name's in the credits, and he got paid. Exactly. I know. Yeah, he, he was he was perfectly happy, just saying like you know they changed a lot because they're making a show. That's what they do, right? Yeah. 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 The, oh, the greatest like sci-fi authors of all time get their scripts rewritten for Star yeah. Trek. So. But uh, so what? I, what I'm ga- 
basically getting at is, does Galaxy Quest have more Trek DNA than, say, a Star Trek Continues? It's a big budget thing with good actors, uh, good right. behind Was the scenes Right, was Star folks. Trek a big budget thing with good actors? Not the original, but the movies were, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. To lesser... The biggest budget ones were the Abrams ones, yeah. and those are at least Trek, right? So yeah. Galaxy Quest is more of a Trek film than the Abrams Trek. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, because it was... Yeah, um, Abrams Trek is just his Star Wars audition tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good one, too, but it, oh, yeah, it, it, it's supposed to be films, Trek. But they're not very Trek. Yeah, it's supposed to be Beyond Trek, was more Trek than those were. Yeah, yeah. But this is Trek. This to is me, Galaxy Trek. Quest this is hella Trek. Plus Trekkies. Uh, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's all here, man. And we should watch Trekkies one of these days. I think I did. I think apparently Trekkies 2 gets really sad. Uh, let's, watch, <laughs> let's watch the first one then. <laughs> I, I'm more interested in watching the second one. Or Galaxy Quest 2. If they make it. Yeah, Galaxy Quest 2, if they made it today, That's I think it would be one. super dark. Yeah. Because they'd have to get into like real fan shit. Uh, oh, we'd have to talk about that next, aren't we? Oh, we have to talk about real fan shit, don't we? Yeah. So when Matt brought up the idea of doing a Galaxy Quest episode, I was like, ah, but it's a comedy film, and whenever a podcast tries to talk about comedy film, it's just they just repeat the jokes, and it's a bit lame. And Matt was saying, no, I grabbed Thor's hammer. What a savings! <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that out at some point. I grabbed Thor's hammer. You will be avenged. <laughs> what yeah. a savings! When Alan Rickman hates doing. <laughs> He can't ba act badly. He just can't. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that. I know, I know, that's fine. But yeah, but then Matt was saying like, no, there is actually there's enough here of it being a good sci-fi film, which I think we've gotten a pretty lengthy podcast out of already. Yeah. But um, but I, w I watched it anyway just for funsies, and I was like, oh no, there is something here very much worth talking about. I don't think this film could be made today. I think the culture around fandom has changed so much since Galaxy Quest. In good ways and bad ways. That would just mean this film just wouldn't work. I have to put my perspective down here. We're huh. in Japan. I have not been outside of Japan since 2010. I, that's before Gamergate. I think when I left America, you could still get away with this vibe. Kind of. But okay. So let's look at the positive side first. Back when Galaxy Quest was made, geeks and, you know, sci-fi fans were a subculture, they were weirdos, they were outsiders, right? Yeah, okay. But that shit is pretty common now. Like, the Marvel films are the biggest film franchise. Right. Everyone's a bit of a geek. Like, our colleague Andrew, who, he's like, like, the most normal guy ever, he likes his football and blah, blah, blah. He will come in after a new Marvel film has come out and speculate with me about what's going to happen in the next one and stuff. And he was very excited, more than anyone else, when Justice League came out. I was like, I can see Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Superman on the same screen. Even like you and I were like, this movie looks kind of shit, right? Yeah. And I think I, I actually ended up enjoying it. More I was about to say, I think I like the Justice League more than most people do. But um, he he was more excited than any of us about the Justice League. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because normal people are actually into this geeky shit now. It's not just you know, the dweebs. <laughs> and so in the one hand, it doesn't work in that way, right? We live in the post-Big Bang Theory era where, uh, like, 
it's just an aesthetic. Yeah. It's a, you know, you don't, everyone has like a random bloody action figure on their shelf at home and they say, oh, I'm such a geek. So I don't think that angle works anymore. And on the other hand, like, this like rabid obsessive fan base are portrayed in this film in such a positive, endearing light. Mm. And we live in a world where like, that is not the case. This movie goes specifically for Trek, though. So Marvel is everybody now. Right. You're not geeky if you like Marvel. Star Wars, you know, there was always a definite... That was always a bit more, but, yeah. But now, even more, you can obsess on Star Wars and, like, everyone's cool with that. Where's Trek? Because this movie is clearly not going for Star Wars. They, they, in 99, of course, they're not going for the superhero vibe. Um, are they well, going, I guess what the... What kind um, of geek are they going for? The movies were big, though. Like, the Abrams Star Trek films were big films. But they never quite broke through to that fandom, you know? Mm. I mean, you, they'd play the trailers at Comic-Con, but that was for the Trek geeks that were already there, basically. I think the weird thing is, um, even though not many people are that into Star Trek, they're into Star Trek geeks because of, like, Big Bang Theory and stuff. Mm. Um, so, I, like... I think it's, it's a long-running thing of people go to, like, Renaissance fairs dressed as um, Starfleet officers because that's the way to, they, they, they enjoy it. It's pretending they're visiting a planet. I can see that. But that's become more mainstream. I now. can Just see that. That's kind of disturbing. Little shit like that has you become... You want to do your shore leave. The, um, <laughs> I, I saw a great response to that, which is another guy who goes in proper Renaissance fair costume with a communicator. And whenever he sees someone in uniform, he gets a communicator and says... Uh, I've got a couple guys here breaking the Prime Directive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that guy's cooler, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the, the actual, like, genius-level play. I glanced at my gold shirt. I thought about wearing it, but I wore the psychedelic one instead. If mine was in this country, we could have both been rocking them. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I guess Star Trek specifically is still not super mainstream. But, like, also, I don't think anyone's getting bullied or outcast for being yeah. into it. That's, right? wh that's why I said, like you were mentioning, the, the giant convention versus the little one. For me, going to Star Trek Las Vegas sounds like all peaches and cream. Where going to, say, San Diego Comic Con sounds like putting myself through a blender, you know? Right. Because, well, yeah, Star Trek convention, at least you know you're going to meet some other Star Trek fans. When you go to Comic Con, it's just fat guys in a t-shirt that says free hugs. Because yeah. <laughs> it's the one time they get human contact in a yeah. year. Yeah. Like but, I show up my gold shirt, there are people, oh, you like that, you suck. You don't want to hear that when you go to a convention. Oh, no, well, I wore my gold shirt to the Comic-Con convention, and I just got arrested by some stormtroopers. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> they, that's different. <laughs> but that's that was when I met Shatner, right? So I had to wear my Star, Star Wars one or Nazi ones? <laughs> Star Wars ones. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the SS. No. <laughs> I don't know who goes to conventions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to go back to the point I was making. So, for a long time, there was this entirely false notion that sci-fi, comic books, video games, all these geek properties were the exclusive pursuit of straight white men, which has never been true. But in more recent years, the producers of these, you know, contents have started catering to other audiences, to women, to people of color. Um, and these straight white men don't like that because they don't have a personality. They've just got, they just have these geeky things they're into. And so they feel like something's being taken away from them when other people start getting serviced. And there's just been this vitriol and bullying and very organized, deliberate 
like recruiting of young men to turn them into hateful alt-right bastards. <laughs> and it is pervasive across all of... I mean, the famous one is Game, Gamergate, right? Mm-hmm. Where because a woman dared to make a game, <laughs> like <laughs> this false narrative and all this bullshit about ethics in games journalism. And it was just a way to hound minorities out of this safe, this space. And that spread to comic books, to sci-fi, to Star Wars, to just mainstream politics. And to create a film which celebrates, like, these geek communities and these, you know, lonely young men without pointing out that these are the same men who shoot up schools and, you know, put fascists in positions of power would be doing a disservice to the audience if you made this film today. Right. But... Uh, here's what I'm looking at. So Galaxy Quest we were tying is very directly tried, tied in with Trek, right? Right. So Star Wars, we have a, a young Aryan man who learns the ways of the Force and becomes king shit of the universe. Yep. Marvel, we have, you know, uh, an, an, an old, uh, older white men coming up with great powers and becoming king shit of the universe. Star Trek always started with... with, with uh, uh, 35-year-old Aryan man, but then you got, like, you know, an african American. Oh, I, I oh. guess she's not American, but at that point, but communications officer, you Here's know, the, the Russian and the Japanese dude at the helm. Here's the weird thing about Star Trek. It's always been super left-wing and super woke, <laughs> but there were so many fans who don't seem to realize that. <laughs> and with each new Star Trek property, they're like, oh, why are you putting your social justice politics into my Star Trek? Because they like, did from episode one. <laughs> that was Roddenberry's whole vision. Star Trek is socialist propaganda. <laughs> but the fucking nerds don't seem to get that. <laughs> so no, it's just about pew pew lasers and spaceships. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, 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 we do like Star Wars, but we did we we t- we staked our claim when we did Star Wars Month as Trekkies basically and uh, Yeah. Well but, and yeah, the, the best Star Wars films are the ones which subvert what Star Wars traditionally is. And the best Trek is totally multicultural, really, totally open to new ideas and new concepts. Well, to, um, to mention Discovery again, right? I, the start of Discovery, I was not that into it because it was so militaristic. Mm. But by the end of the first season, when it turned out that was actually going somewhere <laughs> and the conflict was ended by acting in a much more federation-y way, that was when they won me around. Because that's fin- what Star Trek is. You haven't finished season two yet. No, I know. That's, that's some that's some bullshit. I, I guess we got wildly off topic, but again, Galaxy Quest is sort of a lens to look at sci-fi, particularly Trek through. Um, and it works real well, man. And it works as a sci-fi film. Yeah, it's not... You can't talk about Galaxy Quest without talking about the context in which it exists, right? Because it's all about that. That's the point of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything they do here is great. So if we end up talking about Discovery, that means this movie works well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The point of this movie is to make you think about these things, and it does that. Um, Uh, Yeah, I genuinely really like this film. It's not like one I'll watch every year, because as a comedy... It kind of works when you don't know all the jokes, you know? I'll probably watch it every other year. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I watched it when it, when I saw it in the theaters, maybe once or twice on TV, and then watched it for this podcast. Yeah. Um, that was plenty for me. A few times. Um, oh, so at the end, they, there's the new Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's shit. That's shit? It looks, it's got 90s font, credit style, 
to make things modern. That show wasn't going to go well, I think. Uh, yeah, you might be right. Guy's probably going to be Mary Jane. It was, um, <laughs> do you Mary Sue? Sue, yeah. Yeah, that one was a bit, um, that was phase two, right? Instead of next gen. Yeah. And I, I don't think phase two would have worked either. Honestly, it was funny. I was like, um, we, we both talked about, we, we haven't watched, still have not watched The Mandalorian. <laughs> the only thing I see in The Mandalorian was on YouTube, where someone took The Mandalorian and made it to look like the opening to an 80s sitcom. Right. That's all I've seen in The Mandalorian. So when I saw the Galaxy Quest phase two, it made me kind of think of that. Yeah, it was very... Well, we talked earlier about shows like Andromeda and stuff, right? Yeah. Kind of looked like one of them. Yeah. Like 90s sci-fi show that wouldn't really have gone yeah. anywhere. Here's where, here's where I get negative emails. I, I could never do Babylon 5. Um, my family are big Babylon 5 fans. Yeah. And I have watched most of it, and it is I, all right. I understand the plot has some deep stuff, and I, 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 I've heard it's better in Deep Space Nine if you get into the plot. But if you're just trying to watch a show, it's pretty crap. Yeah, um... <laughs> If you want Babylon 5, just play Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I didn't play that either, but I don't have the time for that. No. What, was it t does it take longer to watch Babylon 5 or play Mass Effect? I reckon it would Including take longer two. to watch them. Oh, you, you have to play all three Mass Effects. Okay. But all there's three five Mass seasons Effect? of Babylon 5. Yeah, but video games take a while. I reckon Mass Effect would be shorter. Or just like stick it on easy. Okay. Plus, you know, shooting things is fun. You, you know what my sci-fi game is now? Gone. Do you know FTL? I know FTL, yeah. Based on the Battlestar Galactica um, board game, I believe, which I didn't play, but it's the only, it's the sci-fi game. Oh, there's a Battlestar FTL? No, no, it's just FTL, but it's oh, based okay. on a Battlestar board game. Is it? That's what I heard. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, but, yeah, but F I, I, lots of people talk about FTL, it's very that popular. That scratches most of my sci-fi urges. You're basically the captain and you... You um, regulate the power. You send people where they need to go. You're not actively. You're not aiming or anything. You're just. You're just captaining. Yeah. Cap captaining. That's the dream, right? Sitting yeah. in the chair. Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're sitting in a chair. Although someone else is in the pilot chair. That makes sense. It's a very small bridge. I guess that's the problem with the game. But. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, you're not. It's not like a. You're not controlling like an enterprise in that. Are you? You're controlling like a. Oh, well, you're. It, a smaller it, level. You could pretend it's a defiant pretty yeah. easily. That's what I mean, but it's not like a big no, you can, constitution class. Or definitely whatever. like a Defiant, though. Yeah. You can have a Defiant or, you know, Battlestar ship. Anyway, or, or a Protector. Have I, actually, a Protector has a lot of people, doesn't it? A lot yeah, of yeah, Canadians, yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's enough for Star Trek thing. It's got a huge-ass crew, but like six who matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here, right? None of those Thermidians. They just make them all aliens who don't matter, except yep. for the two that maybe do. But speak so weird you can't quite identify with them. Yet you kind of can. You have saved our people. <laughs> we should have done the whole podcast with his voices. <laughs> so in the scene where... <laughs> oh, or just in Thermidian. Yeah. I did like that version as well. I watched the whole film that way. Yeah. We, we were getting wasted. But. I have watched, whilst getting wasted, films in the... Um, audio description for blind people <laughs> because I've done that it's just like it's fun when you watch a film which is just dumb spectacle <laughs> because it's so pointless it's, it's like, like a Schwarzenegger uh, commentary right we so watch. here I am walking across the street and I pull out a gun and then I shoot the man in his head basically it's just like <laughs> Optimus Prime shoots Starscream through a nearby wall. <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And then we watched, yeah, oh, one of the films we did that with was the 2009 Star Trek. <laughs> and it mostly it uses very sensible professional English. And it's like, and Kirk 
lands accidentally touching Uhura's boobies. <laughs> so, if I were blind, I think I'd take the audiobook route. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of watching a movie if you're blind? Listen yeah. to audiobook. Yeah. Your friends can enjoy it with you still, right? You can all yeah. listen to it together. I don't I know. I enjoyed some audio. I think I listened to the Star Wars audiobook on a long car ride when I was a kid. I've never done audiobook, just podcasts as we're recording. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't do audiobooks now because I could read real fast, so I'd do an audiobook. <laughs> can you speed read? I mean, not like the kids at work who do those insane fucking brainwashing tablet. But lessons. the thing is, when you do that, you're not really getting everything. You're just. Yeah, you're, no, you're no. But I, I read in a way where I do enjoy it quite fast. Yeah, yeah, I think. Anything more to Not say about this film? That's my brag this, of the week. I'm yeah. such a cool dude. I can read fast. <laughs> I can read. I'm a brand new reader. Although, we're currently sat in a country where I fucking can't read anything. Yeah, it's all kinds. You can't read it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if it's katakana, uh, hiragana, it might be cool. But I've, gotten, I've lost a lot of that. I need to get back on my practicing. I read Yama. That's an easy kanji. Yama? Yama. Weda. We're in Weda City. That's yeah. easy kanji. Oh, yeah. I, I can read, like, big. On, off, men's yeah. room, women's room. <laughs> Closed. That's yeah. cool. It's good to know the men's room and the women's room. Although most of them do just have the... We're going to add, what, what, 75 more in the restrooms. Yeah. And many restrooms. No, we just need one, gender neutral. Okay. That's how they do it in the Starship Troopers. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So that could be pretty prescient. Really, I mean, people are, you know, they're just doing their thing. Who cares what they are? Yeah. <laughs> One bathroom for everyone. That is the official stance of our podcast. One bathroom for all, all bathrooms for one. <laughs> Just one person gets to use it. Uh, excuse me, sir, you can't come in. Oh, you don't understand. All bathrooms are mine. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use this. <laughs> You're just going to have to soil yourself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess that means we're finished, so... That's the real king shit of fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way to end this. So, this has been bad. But this has been Luke. And you need to... Get the fuck out of our sci-fi sanctuary. Sanctuary. There is no sanctuary. Sanctuary.